0: Hey gang, Ross Brand here for StreamYard Connect. Welcome everybody. It's another episode of StreamYard Connect. We're so happy to have you with us. A lot of exciting things going on right now with StreamYard, including uh, comments on LinkedIn. If you haven't heard yet, uh, I'm going to head on over to the comments real quick. And look at that. We can actually share comments directly from LinkedIn. I don't have to keep a separate window open any longer. And uh, I don't have to uh, say, oh, by the way, if you're on LinkedIn, we're going to get to you. No, if you are watching on LinkedIn, you are as much a part of the behind the scenes studio here as people watching anywhere else. And of course, as every week, we're as glad to have you with us as we are. People watching on Facebook Live on Periscope, which means people could also be watching on Twitter and on the StreamYard Twitch channel. Uh, so on Facebook, we're on the StreamYard Facebook page, and on LinkedIn and Twitter, we're on my profiles, and on Twitch, we are on the StreamYard channel. And coming up, we have a, a terrific guest today. We're going to talk to D Niman. Dee is uh, one of the leaders when it comes to Mobile video on YouTube, also host of the popular Saturday morning Nimmin Live live stream. He does his own community live streams, has a membership on his channel, has close to a hundred thousand subscribers, and he's a huge fan of StreamYard. So, can't wait to talk to him. Uh, coming up in just a few minutes. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, thanks so much for being a part of it. Again, we come to you every other Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern with StreamYard Connect. We focus on all things going on with live streaming and particularly with StreamYard, both on the video production side, but also with what's going on in the industry in general and uh maybe i can get rid of that comment now so you get the idea right you see that hey linkedin comment we are going to linkedin and uh, that's pretty cool it's pretty cool to be uh able to not only stream to linkedin as we've been doing uh for probably about nine months or so but now to be able to share comments on the screen from linkedin is uh just a pretty exciting thing so um let's get to the news real quick and uh, go go over a few basics about StreamYard, get to a couple stories and then we will bring on the great D Nimmin to talk about mobile video and live streaming with StreamYard and you see D there, he is the co-host of Nimmin Live also runs the D Nimmin YouTube channel. Um do subscribe it's a, it's a wonderful channel for learning all things about mobile video. Creation StreamYard that's what we're using for this broadcast of course and the three pillars of StreamYard are ease of use stability and professional looking streams you see the co-founder Gage Vandentop on the left and Dan Briggs on the right and of course we go to a whole bunch of destinations just about every major social network you can think of you can stream to Facebook LinkedIn Live YouTube and go to Periscope, which, of course, gets you on to Twitter and uh, Twitch as well. And there's also RTMP. So uh, if you don't see a destination up there that you want to stream to, you basically go to that destination, you get a stream key, you plug it into StreamYard, and you're able to connect your broadcast to those destinations. Uh, it, we've kind of teased it enough, but there was some big news this week with linkedin uh beyond just the comments and uh the co-founder gage vandentop made the announcement this week
1: we uh, now integrate with linkedin live events which launched uh last week very very recently you would have seen a um a pop-up video on the site explaining uh, a bit about them but we're super super uh excited for that
0: so that's the news now uh StreamYard is uh, supported by LinkedIn, is able to be a provider not only for LinkedIn Live, but for LinkedIn events. If you're wondering what the difference is between the two, Gage broke that down as well.
1: LinkedIn events ha- have been around for a while. It's the, it's the live aspect uh, that's new. So now you can actually stream live uh, directly into your uh, event.
0: And because the events have actually a dedicated link, You now have a link where you can give people for that LinkedIn event where they can watch your live show. Uh, So, StreamYard has the ability to connect to LinkedIn Live events. You can stream just as you would to any other destination or to a uh, regular Facebook Live broadcast, uh, uh, LinkedIn Live broadcast. Easy for me to say. You can also stream that way to a LinkedIn Live that is within the event. Basically, it's a very, very similar setup. You just have to create the event. And Gage talked about some of the advantages of using LinkedIn Live in events.
1: A few of the things you should know about uh, LinkedIn Live events is uh, it's a trusted environment. So that's a it's a great play. That's a great thing you want for your event. You don't want some random link that someone doesn't recognize, right? So a great thing about LinkedIn is everyone knows what LinkedIn is. So when you, when you host a professional event and you invite a viewer to it, they'll be very comfortable, you know, entering entering a place that they're already f- familiar with. It's also a great place to attract um, a professional audience. So um, we love all the platforms out there, but obviously for certain streams, you wanna make sure you're, you're only attracting uh, people that are part of, people that are professionals and, and, and who are part of that community. And LinkedIn is certainly the, the ideal place for that. I can't think of even a close second. LinkedIn is definitely where you wanna be uh, for, for attracting a uh, professional audience.
0: And the numbers do seem to back it up.
1: It's really interesting. They've, they've displayed like how long people watch versus uh, regular videos and and how well live video is doing. And it's pretty impressive. I was surprised uh, myself how how uh, how long people are watching live video and how interested people are in uh, live events.
0: All right. So once again, you can connect from from StreamYard to uh, LinkedIn live events. You set up the event on LinkedIn and then you stream from your StreamYard dashboard from inside the StreamYard Studio to LinkedIn. You can get the comments not only on LinkedIn live events, but on now on any LinkedIn, uh you can get on any LinkedIn live broadcast, you can get the comments within the studio. You can share them on the screen as I did earlier. And uh the StreamYard Town Hall, the coming up Sunday night, nine PM Eastern. That will be done using LinkedIn Live events. It'll be on all the destinations where it typically is. But on LinkedIn, it'll be part of a LinkedIn Live event. So if you're interested in seeing how that looks and how it appears, you can head on over. You can watch on the StreamYard LinkedIn page and be part of the conversation over there. Leave a comment. They'll be able to show your comment on the screen. And uh, exciting developments for StreamYard, if you're not yet using StreamYard, I mean, how could you not be after hearing all this good news? Uh, you can get started for free, 14-day trial with uh, the paid features included. Just head on over to LivestreamUniverse.com slash StreamYard, LivestreamUniverse.com slash StreamYard. That's LivestreamUniverse.com slash StreamYard to get started with StreamYard. And if you need to learn a little more about using StreamYard, there's some aspect that you are confused about. Of course, you can ask questions in the community group. You can get support from the chat as well. But there are also tutorials that Gage has done, which are really good. And they're on the StreamYard YouTube channel. I'm also doing some tutorials on my YouTube channel as well, which is Livestream Universe. So check out uh, the Streamyard YouTube channel, youtube.com/slash Streamyard, or my channel slash Livestream Universe, and you'll be able to come up with a wealth of different uh, tutorials and discussions about the platform, and uh, not only how to, but some good ideas for producing your broadcast. And when our guest Dean Imman joins us in a little bit, he'll have some more. Great ideas for using StreamYard as well as for using mobile video. So what's going on in the world of live streaming and content creation? Facebook had a new announcement about Facebook pages and Instagram profiles having a new shop feature. That means if you have a Facebook page, for example, you can actually set up a shop and you can sell products and services just as you would on your website and people can make a purchase without actually leaving the app. So they can be right there watching uh, content in Facebook. They can be scrolling through a feed. They come to something, or they can go visit your page and say, hey, I wonder if you have this this or that product. They can click a button. They can make a purchase right without leaving Facebook. Now, in terms of Facebook Live, which is the, the interesting part for us, It's not there yet, but there are reportedly going to be ways for merchants to feature and link to products right from their Facebook stores within a live video. So you can actually perhaps shop the show. Uh, Much like we say on live stream deals, except that we don't have that integration where you can tap the screen and actually buy something. So this is an exciting development for uh, Facebook Live. And of course, if you're using StreamYard to go to Facebook Live, this is something your viewers, I assume both on desktop and mobile, but I don't know for sure how this is going to roll out with Facebook Live. But this is something to watch. We've talked for a long time about. QVC style live streams about the ability to sell on live streams about live streaming becoming the next sort of the next step in retail. It's it's happening already, but these changes by Facebook and on Instagram as well are going to continue facilitating that development. Also, you may have heard if you're interested in podcasting or if you're uh, a YouTuber, you may know about Joe Rogan's experience, uh, Joe Rogan Experience podcast, that is uh, really no longer going to be a podcast. He's ditching the RSS feed and going to Spotify only. So the only place you'll be able to listen to new content and eventually the only place you'll be able to get back content from Joe Rogan will be within the Spotify app. It's reportedly, according to Wall Street Journal, a $100 million multi-year deal. And here's the thing. Everybody's talking about the audio. But what's interesting is there's video exclusivity as part of this deal as well. And Joe has probably between 8 to 9 million followers uh, subscribers on his YouTube channel. I believe he's got a huge following on his YouTube channel and a lot of people watch the podcast. Either they watch long clips or episodes, or they watch short clips on his YouTube channel, which must be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars a month to Joe. And, and I don't know what it's worth to YouTube, but it's gotta be worth a ton. So, um, Most people tend to choose only one podcast app for listening. And so Spotify's gambling that if you're part of Joe's huge audience and he's always ranking one or two, seems like, or always in the top five, but typically one or two within Apple Podcasts, now your only place to listen to him is Spotify. And so maybe for a lot of people, Spotify becomes the default podcast listening app and what makes this more interesting and timely is that Spotify's actually been testing video podcasts and this means that they're really not maybe not just about challenging Apple here or maybe more so than challenging Apple the reason for this big exclusive deal may be YouTube is is more the target and there's so many video podcasters putting clips and building an audience over on YouTube And I think the hope is to bring those folks within Spotify's ecosystem and the videos will sync with the audio feed and still play even when your screen is locked, which, of course, YouTube videos don't do uh, if you go outside of an app, outside of the, the app, unless you have a premium subscription to YouTube. Otherwise, as soon as you click out of the app, you can no longer listen to the video on your mobile phone. This is interesting. Spotify is also building a content studio in L.A. for podcasting and for video. So we'll see how this develops. But it's certainly a big deal, both on the audio side and the video side, that somebody who was using what you'd say were the traditional routes, right? The RSS feed to deliver his podcast, YouTube to put video clips, is now taking all that and saying it's not going to be available in any of those places. Spotify is the only place you can find that podcast. So that's that's going to be interesting. It continues Spotify. Really, their aggressive move into the podcasting space and perhaps into video as well. And it continues the idea where you just want to pull people into your platform and make your platform the internet (laughs) one and and exclusive, right? Like you you only will need to go to Spotify if you're a Joe Rogan fan, and hopefully you get everything else you need there. That is the idea. Whether it works or not, that remains to be seen, but it's certainly a huge development in the world of podcasting, and I think it's going to have certainly some rumbles uh, within the YouTube community, as well about that also real quick twitch is striving to make its uh live streaming environment safer and they're putting together an advisory council of experienced users online safety experts and anti-bullying advocates twitter did something similar to this i believe not too long ago and their role is to advise on products and policy changes focusing on areas such as harassment and protection of marginalized groups. So that's what Amazon is doing with Twitch. Thank you again for joining us. This is StreamYard Connect. I'm Ross Brand. Our guest today is Dean Niman, who we're going to bring in in just a second. If you don't know D, well, you should know D. He is A YouTuber with uh, over seven and a half million views, almost a hundred thousand subscribers. He is one of the leading experts on mobile phone video creation and production. He knows all about the apps that you need to use on either iOS or Android for creating video and for all the other things you need to do for running a successful YouTube channel. Uh, He knows about smartphone audio, mobile live streaming, and also desktop live streaming, and particularly StreamYard. He was uh, raving about StreamYard on his Sunday night live stream, uh, which was great to catch him on. And of course, Saturday mornings, if that's not enough, he hosts marathon live streams with his brother nick on uh nimmin live you can find that on the nick nimmin youtube channel d's channel is d nimmin very easy to follow both use their uh first and last names and if you look at the hashtag nimminati you can find them all (laughs) over social media welcome d it's it's great to have you on streamyard connect
2: hey ross thanks for having me how you doing i'm doing great how are you i'm great i'm holding it down in mexico yeah I'm trapped in Mexico. I was traveling and the coronavirus hit and I'm stranded and, and quarantined. But uh this is great. I'm here.
0: <laughs> well, thanks so much for taking some time. It was great catching you Sunday night when you were talking about StreamYard. You had so many uh, oh, wonderful StreamYard. things to say about the platform. Real mm-hmm. quick as we get started, just tell everybody why you chose <laughs> StreamYard for your your Sunday night live streams and, and how it's been a help to you in doing what it is that you do in your Mm -hmm. subscriber uh, weekly live streams?
2: Well, I'll start by saying that I started my stream uh, normally, and the same with and Live is uh, Stream uh, stream Labs is what we usually use. We started with OBS and we went to Stream Labs, but we just kept so many problems, so many problems, and every time they rolled out an update, we couldn't go live, things would crash, things wouldn't work right. Finally, I just said, you know what? I'm going with StreamYard. I tried it. very first time I tried it, I thought, okay, this is really easy. And then the more I looked into it and the more I realized, wow, I can change the backgrounds. I can change the overlays. I can put videos inside. And then I realized that I can run my entire live stream professionally and put everything that I want on the screen using StreamYard. And right. it's not once has that I, I have had a problem with it. All the other yep. streaming platforms, I have problems, but not, not StreamYard.
0: Yeah. That was the thing that amazed me. In fact, the very first time that I used StreamYard, <laughs> was when you and Nick were on together. I think it was the first time you guys had ever done yes. a side-by-side interview. Right, and right. because of some of the intricacies of setting up a live stream on YouTube and the fact that I was new to StreamYard, we struggled for a little bit. And then finally, <laughs> I yeah. I, I'd throw out the royal wheel. Like, <laughs> you, guys were str- you guys were helping, and I was trying to, trying to figure it mm-hmm. out. But uh, the fact is that once we got it together and we figured out, okay, I figured out how to exactly locate where that stream is going to go and right. set up a new stream. The quality was so good for the first time. And then I had Gage on the next day, who's the the co-founder, and I interviewed him about hmm. StreamYard. And I, I haven't looked back ever since. Every single show that I've done with a guest has been on, on StreamYard because of the ease of getting the guest on and the fact that the quality just maintains itself even as you bring on up to six people and i guess you know coming coming from overseas and and different locations you you might not always have the best bandwidth where you are i'm sure you (laughs) you guys do things to boost it and so forth but i'm sure you've gone live from some bandwidth challenged environments and how's that how's that worked out well
2: so uh, just a couple of weeks ago i have a friend in thailand (laughs) He, he speaks thai fluently He's lived there for quite some time, and he hits me up, right. and he says, all, "He says, all I have is my phone. I have my Android. What's the best streaming platform I want to bring on guests? I said StreamYard, and he's the reason why I made a video showing you how you can run the entire show, not just come on as a guest, but run the entire show from your Android. So I showed him how to do that, and then I ended up making the video, and within just uh, about two weeks, he blew his channel up from bringing on guests in Thailand he had under 1000 subscribers and he just hit 5000 subscribers yesterday wow. and his last stream got 90000 views on it 90000 wow. so and he, anyway the point is is he is he's struggling with bandwidth he's just using mm-hmm. data his data plan and they go on for a little bit of time it's not the best quality because of you know the data caps over there but it's working it's working it's flawless it doesn't crash on him and uh, uh, yeah he's he's exploding now using streamyard
0: that's awesome,
2: and as Android, know, that's it.
0: Now, now we know about you can you can come on as a guest with your phone, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you've actually come up with a way to host from mm-hmm. the browser within your phone, right?
2: For Android, yes.
0: For Android, mm-hmm. can you uh, just just give everybody a quick overview? Not, a, mm-hmm. not a, we can go watch your video later, but just a quick sense of because people, most people don't do it that way. It's not something right. I think StreamYards pushed we've talked about the guests coming right, on right. through it but hey i mean you've got to use the tools that you have and at this time where are bandwidth is a challenge a lot of places if you can do that mm-hmm. go ahead tell everybody how how you came up with this and 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 how it works
2: it's actually quite simple so currently this only works on android if it does okay. work on ios i haven't figured out a browser to do it in yet the trick is is to use a chrome browser And then go into the browser itself and put it in desktop mode. And that tricks StreamYard into thinking that it's a computer. And then once you go in desktop mode through Chrome browser, then you have the same interface so you can run the entire show. It looks just like it does on a desktop. You tap on everything, everything shows up exactly the same. It's really easy.
0: Wow. Yeah, it's really easy. That's something if you're an Android user and you don't have... A computer with you, you're you're not able to connect your computer, you need to run off of cell data or whatever, you can do that mm-hmm. by going live on mobile. And they can find and, that at youtube.com slash Dean Emmon, right?
2: Yeah, I have a video on it. Uh, another cool thing you can do is so if you're run and you can do this with your computer as well, right. but if you have two devices, you can run it on one. So you have your Android device, you can run the show, then you can use your second device, send yourself a link, and you can mm-hmm. set up two actual cameras with your phones. You can switch between cameras, which works really well if you're doing, uh, you know, uh, tutorials and you want to do like a top-down shot. You could use your phone for the top-down shot and then switch back and forth.
0: Hmm.
2: Yeah, there's, there's, it's, it's endless. The things you can do with StreamYard.
0: Interesting. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> you mean something, something, something like this?
2: Yes. Yeah. And run it all <laughs> from your phone and run it off from your phone. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I mean it's it's way cool and one of the issues with the phone and and maybe this is something you've been asked before is you can't seem to turn the volume on your phone all the way off. Now you can mute the speaker, mm-hmm. you can try and mute the microphone. <laughs> but if you if you just set it up as a camera and try and turn the volume off you will hear a little bit of feedback coming back through that
2: microphone. I think in the sometimes, of the yes, phone. Some, sometimes yes.
0: What's the best workaround for
2: that? Um, you know, I, the the best way to eliminate feedback that I found is just to make sure that you're using some sort of an earbud or a headphone. Because so, usually the feedback is coming back coming out because the audio is coming out of the speaker and back into the microphone.
0: Right, 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 right. And so you could also plug something into the headphone jack of the phone that you're using as a camera essentially because you don't and turn all the audio settings off basically right right like when i do that i can come in sometimes i come in with a second browser in you know like i'll be using chrome and then i'll set up a second camera with opera and come in and what i'll do is i'll not only mute that browser so i don't hear that delay but I'll also turn off my audio within StreamYard's
2: dashboard so that right. there
0: is no audio coming in or going out from Yeah, there. exactly.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's why a lot of people have Echo too. People say, I've got Echo. How do I fix it? Right, these, right. Have your guests wear these as well.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about hmm. um, when you're doing a show like, like, um, your your sunday night show or even uh the show that you do with with your brother mm-hmm. you guys have so many comments i mean there's so many <laughs> comments and questions um I, how do you keep up with the comments how do you manage the comments do you do you, do you uh, constantly look at the comments? Because m- many times on your show, you're on solo. Mm-hmm. So how do you follow the comments? How do you manage that interaction? Because you're so good about acknowledging people and bringing their questions in and staying on top of what the feedback that the chat's giving you, and yet at the same time, you don't let it disrupt you from giving the information on whatever topic you're talking about. So how mm-hmm. do you manage that, which is, uh, it can be a challenge for people?
2: The easiest way that I've found is to create a Google form. Mm-hmm. And because my channel is specific to YouTube creators and mobile creators on the form, I ask them, what's your channel name? I ask them, what's your channel goal? I ask them what type of channel you are, and I give them options. You're your gaming channel and so on and so forth. And then I ask them what device they're on. And then I say, what's your question? So they go through and they fill the form out. And then I keep that open in one browser so as I'm looking through questions, I can go through. So I see their channel goal. I see what device they're on. So when they're asking a question, I know exactly how to answer it. Because if you ask me YouTube advice, I don't know what to tell you unless I know what your goal is. Right, are you trying to build right. a community? Are you trying to make money? Are you trying to get subscribers? Are you trying to build your brand and influence? There's a lot of answers that I can give you based on what your channel goals are. So, so I, use the Google, I use the Google form, and right. they give me the information, and it helps keep all of that in order. The second thing that I do is because I have memberships activated on my channel – I, your eyes, you know, you're looking for those members. I always answer their questions first. That's part right. of being a channel member.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah. And so when you decide, for instance, who to do a channel <laughs> review for, or who's issue to address, you have those questions ahead of time and then you just notice, okay, they're here. Because I said yes. you 're not going to address somebody who sends you a question and doesn't show up. you want right. to address somebody who's going to benefit from what you 're talking about and and be able to respond if if they uh you know if they have some feedback that can help you in terms of helping them right so absolutely uh, but but then then you know what who you 're going to address. You can pretty much have your hit list together before the show starts right, and yes. then it's a matter of following your members first, and then you can check the super chat. So it, it's the same thing. Um, most people aren't going to have the volume that you do and that you and Nick do on your show. So it, it's just a matter of thinking ahead. Where do you want to find those questions from? Or maybe doing a form, even if you have a smaller audience ahead of time, if hmm. you know the topic, or if it's, in your case, it's kind of an evergreen topic, right? Because it's always... usually. Help me with my my YouTube channel, right? What's wrong with well, it, or what can I do better, or where where can I make an improvement?
2: Right. Well, in the form, I also have them link out to the YouTube channel, so right. you kind of have to qualify them if they can't give me all the information. Then I'm going to skip them so you have to you have to fill out all the information. The second thing about the form that's really good is now you have catalogs because you can download the you can download all the questions so if you wanted to do a podcast if you wanted to make another video about answering the best questions, you can download all of them and have just archives and archives of amazing questions that you can sift through for a podcast or for uh, standalone videos
0: We have a so mobile – can... oh go ahead
2: Dick no, I was just say you can repurpose all of those questions.
0: We have a mobile video question. Bruce Carlson says, uh, great questions on the audio from the phone. I'd love to know the best way to bring in the iPhone as a second camera. My iPhone camera doesn't fill the screen, the aspect ratio, 16 by 9, but still there's the black bars running down the side because the iPhone doesn't fill it even in horizontal. And so do you have a trick or a tip for that?
2: I'm trying to figure that one out. I have that problem as well. When the phone comes in as a guest, you send someone the link and they come in. It doesn't set the aspect ratio correctly. So that's something I'm trying to figure out. I'm I'm constantly downloading different browsers and things. Things I probably shouldn't even be putting in my phone (laughs) trying to figure this out. But I'm working on it. I'm working on it. When I have a fix, I'll make a video about it.
0: One thing I've done is I've uploaded a transparent overlay that Leave space for a narrower window that cuts off mm. the edges. Mm. Um, That's smart. And I did that in in the beginning because uh, with my green screen and where my camera was located, I I was getting outside the green screen, so it, it had a wider angle at that time. So I I was able to do that, and and that same that same layout works for uh, a mobile phone, but it's a lot of work. So I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I think maybe just living with the bars and taking the guests or, or whatever isn't the worst thing if the content's good,
2: you know, as from a from as a creator, as someone who is doing the live stream, we want everything to look perfect. I get mm-hmm. that. But for someone who's watching on the other side, they're not really thinking about that. They're thinking about what are they talking about? What value am I getting from this? Is this person entertaining me? Do I want to hang out with this person? They're not thinking about the bars on the side. Right, you're thinking right. about their message or your story, whatever it is that you're sharing with them. So I wouldn't then, worry too much about it. But
0: yeah, <laughs> and then as you repurpose it, of course, hmm. um, you can always go into an editing software and you can you can work that out. Do your own sort of custom layout to cover that up and you know make it look good. And don't forget, you can not only catch D on his Sunday night uh, member hmm. subscriber hangout. Uh, where he takes all sorts of questions about managing your YouTube channel and mobile video. But he also hosts, co-hosts, Nimmin Live with his brother Nick. Uh, NimminLive.com will take you to the live show every Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern. Well, it starts Saturday morning, but it goes uh, probably almost a, what, what did you just wrap up this weekend's uh about five minutes ago or how does that work i
2: i haven't been part of this since i've been so we That's have right. a we have a we have a full studio that we normally live right, stream right. in we have the desk in the backgrounds and all this you know all, full studio but since we've been separated and since the quarantine has happened he's been streaming from his own location
0: right and, right and
2: most of the time i think most of the streams he's also been using StreamYard for that anytime he's wanting to bring in guests so, I'm looking forward to getting back to Thailand and and sitting down and and streaming with him again.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, please do uh, let us know uh what questions you have for D regarding mm-hmm. YouTube, regarding mobile video. Regarding uh, Streamyard or anything else with video production, he is an expert, and we're so excited to have him with us. i, I so I'm many excited things excited to ask. be on here. Yeah, 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 there's so much I could ask you about. Let's, it's go. Like, Let's where, go. Let's go. Where do it we happen. go next? Okay, YouTube strategy. Okay, <laughs> okay. So it, we have we have the <laughs> quarantine the lockdown going on right now, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are creating content. A lot of people are watching content. Yes. What? if you are somebody who has a business and maybe you haven't made much of an impact on YouTube yet, would you say now's a great time to get started? And would you start making videos that are sort of sales oriented or would you start with sort of how to helpful kind of videos? And then later you can, you can maybe be a little bit more forward with pitching your, your business, your product, your service.
2: The first thing I would do, if you don't have a presence yet, I would, Mm -hmm. whatever camera you have, whatever, it could even be your phone, start making your video today. Start making your video today. And the type of content that you make is going to depend on your channel goals. It's going to depend on your business goals. Do you have a brick and mortar? Are you trying to get people to come into your location? Are you trying to sell online products? Are you selling digital products? So my answer to that's going to vary depending on what it is that you're trying to make. But the important thing is, is you start making content and you start doing it with the user, the viewer in mind. A lot of people have that backwards. They think I'm going to make content and it's about me. It's about me. It's about me. But to the viewer, your content is 100% about them. And until they get to know you as a creator, as a person, as a business, they don't know you. They don't trust you. They're not, they don't really care about you that much until you give them a reason to. So, The first, anytime somebody says, hey, I want to get on YouTube, what do I, how do I start? Find an audience that isn't being served and serve them. Make videos for that audience. So you have to know who it is that you're trying to attract. Who is your audience? Define them. What do they look like? What are they, what do they like? What do they do in their lives? And then make videos for that person. Communicate to that person. Don't mm-hmm. think about making videos about, I'm just trying to get a ton of viewers. Think about, I want to have a conversation with one person. And I'm going to make that video for that one person.
0: I saw a video come up in my feed and I watched some of it that talked about creating a lot of content on YouTube. If you create a lot of content around a similar subject area, Mm -hmm. you'll grow faster, you'll gain more authority I guess if the content's good and people like it, do you recommend for people who have the time in their schedule to create a video every day or do you think that's overkill and maybe you're even cannibalizing some of your momentum by doing that?
2: Daily content is a grind. And I recommend anyone who's starting out, you have to learn the basics before you go daily. Now it's kind of like a chicken and an egg here because how do you get better? By doing more of it right? You get better by making more videos, but at the same time, you don't want to just upload for the sake of brute force uploading, hoping that the the number of videos that you have is going to make a difference. You would be better off making one quality video Mm -hmm. instead of making seven videos that aren't that good. Right, right. So I, I would say master the art of finding the right topics, master the art of communicating in front of the camera, master your hook. When your video comes on, you have seconds, seconds to, to get the interest, of the person that's watching, because they click your thumbnail, you now have seconds to get their attention. You have to master that. A lot of people make the mistake and they'll put like a a 20 second video intro. You you click play and there's this huge, that's not why they're there. They don't come to your video for the video intro. They come for the information. So you got to master that. You have to learn how to make great looking thumbnails. So people want to click your thumbnail is put into a sea of other thumbnails. You have to win that. click. Right. You have to learn how to edit. You have to learn all of these skills. And until you master that, simply uploading seven videos a day or seven videos a week isn't – it'll help you get better faster. But that's not the way to do it.
0: That's not a new thumb- thumbnail, I don't believe. But it sure still looks good and pretty, pretty current.
2: <laughs> yeah, my, my thumbnails generally have a pretty high uh, click-through rate on them. And what I do is I look at all the other competitive thumbnails. I look at, I'll, I'll type my title into the search bar. This is, you know, how to make videos with your phone. Right. And I look at all the, the competition and I say, okay, what colors can I use? What fonts can I use? What imagery can I use to stand out amongst those videos? Right, right. And then that's, that's kind of how I dictate my, my thumbnails.
0: Um, so, a good question here from uh, <clears throat> Natasha. Wright. she says, "What's the best strategy for descriptions if you have a guest? Should it be lengthy and include guest bio, or short and quick? Best,
2: best video strategy for descriptions for a live stream or a recorded video?
0: Uh, well, I'll tell you how. I do. Let's go okay, with go both. If you if you have a thought on both, we'll 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 look at both."
2: Uh, In terms of descriptions, your first, let's say what your title is. Ross, if you want to put my, that thumbnail back on the screen for a second, I'll just kind of run down what I do. Sure. So this title, I don't remember the exact title. It's probably, it might be the beginner's guide to making videos, or it could be how to make videos with your phone. It might be that simple, how to make videos with your phone. So the first sentence in my description is going to mimic my title. Mm -hmm. But I might write it out in this uh, uh, conversational way. So let's say the title is make videos with your phone. My description might start with this video shows you how to make videos with your phone. So what Uh I'm I'm trying to do is I'm trying to give as much information to YouTube as possible so they understand what audience to put my video in front of. Mm -hmm. This is where a lot of channels get this wrong because YouTube has to know what because every time you upload, YouTube tries to find an audience well, YouTube, let me say that backwards. YouTube is trying to find videos for their audience. So if you're giving them a lot of information, they can help their audience get the right videos.
0: Is the first line of that description the most important real estate? Like, is is repeating that title in the first line more valuable be, than repeating it in the last line? Or doesn't YouTube sort of rank your your content that, in the description that way?
2: Yeah, there, there's a there's a character limit, and off the top of my head, I, I don't remember what it is. But the first couple of sentences are very important. Now, mm-hmm. this doesn't mean that this isn't a black and white thing. Right. Some videos, and I know everybody's seen them, they've put up a thumbnail with a title that really doesn't mean anything and no description whatsoever, and it's like five million views. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like that happens. That happens, right? But if you're a mere mortal like the rest of us and you're in the trenches and you're making videos, uh, you need to be a little bit more strategic about it. So that first sentence is going to be, uh, it's going to be what my title is. Then additional sentences are going to be variations of that title. Mm-hmm. And I'm going I'm to also put in certain keywords in that as right. well. So I'm going to build my description out um, thinking about SEO. In terms of guests, you have to think about what is it you're trying to promote. If you're trying to bring traffic in based on the guest's name, then I would make sure that their guest name is in the title, it's in the thumbnail. And it's also in the description, early, early on up in the description.
0: Mm-hmm. But a long bio, you know, copying their LinkedIn profile or something, not a great idea probably. Right? Well,
2: I, I don't think it's going to hurt you. I just wouldn't mm-hmm. put that up top. Okay. You, have to th- you always have to think about what information am I giving YouTube mm-hmm. so that they can match the audience with this video.
0: Now, people seem to have a variety of views on links. So some people, you know, anything in their home that they've ever seen, there's an affiliate link in their description to it. Other people put affiliate links to Amazon, mm-hmm. say, from the gear they used. And then some people just put one or two links like to uh, their kid or their, you know, their resources page on their website, so it's not even really an affiliate link, mm-hmm. or they just put links to other videos. Um, is there a, a, a linking strategy within your description that works, uh, or can they all work, or is there, you know, is there best practice in there? I don't even know how to ask the question because there's so many views on it that there's there's not there's no easy black and white on this, I don't think, in terms of asking this question.
2: <laughs> well, it comes, back, it comes back to your channel goals. Mm-hmm. For your channel goal, are you trying to get people to watch more videos? Because that's mm-hmm. going to give you more watch time. It, creates, um, it helps with audience behavior. The more an audience watches your videos, the right. more YouTube is going to be likely to tell them when you've uploaded a video. Because notifications, they don't work that well. Everybody knows that. Right, But right. If, if, you, if you can get someone to watch one video, then watch the next video, maybe even watch the next one, that's creating user behavior that tells YouTube, hey, this viewer is interested in this content. So when they upload a new video, we want to make sure that they see it. Right, right. Right? Let's so in terms of... I'm sorry, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry, Dick. Yeah, in terms of linking strategy. So if YouTube growth is your goal, I would link out to more relevant videos videos that are relevant to the topic that you just made a video about. If your video is you're trying to make money through affiliate marketing or you're trying to sell your course or you're trying to sell your coaching program or do one-on-one coaching, then I would focus on those types of links. Also it's important that if whatever is the most important thing that you're trying to get someone to click on, put it above the fold, put it before someone actually has to click on, you know, just, you know, open it up to see the description now on a mobile device that doesn't work so well, but on a desktop, you want to make sure that it's within, I think it's the first three line breaks. So when somebody sees that link right at the bottom without having to click the description to uh, the description window to open it up.
0: And I guess it can vary even within like your larger goals. If you have a new product or whatever, and you do a video about that, maybe that one, you lead everybody to the new product, even if your long-term goal is growth because ultimately the bigger you grow, then the easier, if you can be patient, right? The easier it'll be to sell things later down the road. Right.
2: (laughs) Well, you can also do things. um, YouTube allows us to pin a comment. Mm -hmm. So let's say you have a coaching program and you're trying to drive people there. You can put that in your description. You can also double that up and you can type it out. You know, Hey, get whatever, whatever, whatever you want to say to try to sell it and link that out in your, your comment and then pin that comment. And everybody's going to see that comment up top and it's going to link out to that. So one strategy that a lot of people will use is, you know, learn what videos bring views, learn what videos make money, learn Mm -hmm. what videos build community and make different types of videos to kind of build your channel as a whole. Okay. This video, this video, it needs to be about, uh, I want to make money with this. So I'm going to make sure that everything is linked out. I want to make sure that everything that I say is all about driving people to a product. Then the next video might be for my subscribers. I know this is a video that's going to resonate with the people who are currently subscribers on my channel. This other video, I know this one's going to help grow my channel and bring in new subscribers. So this is where learning to read your data and learning you know, what people want and how they react is very important.
0: You have to to dig into your data. Yeah, Yeah. let's get to a couple quick hitters Hmm. on Gear Gord Eisman, a good friend from YouTube, asks Hmm. what earbuds or headphones do you recommend to wear for longer live stream comfort?
2: (laughs) You know, that's a tough one. I we have um, I can't even uh, Gord. If you want to send me a private message, I would actually have to ask Nick because I don't remember the exact model number that we use. At our studio, we have a a handful of different uh, headphones in there, and I don't remember the exact model. Um, Yeah, you're going to have to send me a private message on that one. Unfortunately, I can't give you the model number, (laughs) but they're really comfortable.
0: No worries. Uh, LinkedIn uh, user, unfortunately, uh, you have to have certain privacy settings turned off so that we can get your comments in here with your avatar and name, but it's great that we can now get questions from LinkedIn here on Streamyard, what sound light microphone equipment do you recommend for first-time streamers on a budget?
2: uh Well, the only light I have right here is the sun. I'm sitting That's a next good to one, it. <laughs> and it's free. <laughs> it's the freest and it's the biggest light, right? Yeah, no, I'm, it's I'm consistent sitting... too. Shows up a lot. <laughs> you know, it's going to be there every day, right? <laughs> So I'm sitting next to a huge window. That's Mm -hmm. it. That's all the lights that I have on right now. I mean, it's not the best, but in terms of budget, it it works. It gets the job done. For microphones, for budget, there's a microphone that I recommend called the Boya, B-O-Y-A, B-Y-M-1. The Boya B-Y-M-1. It's a lavalier microphone. It clips onto your collar, wherever you want to clip it, and it will work with your smartphone or with your computer. It's around $20, US and it sounds really good. Wow. The no. Niman
0: brothers are the Smithsonian Institute of Social Media, says Chris Rossetti. What a great comment. <laughs> that's, uh, that's great. <laughs> Thank now, you, Chris. You're somebody who mm. uses all different mm. types of cameras, right? You don't only yeah, shoot yeah. mobile. I, you use uh, you know DSLRs. You use uh, webcams. You've used everything. Where does mobile really <laughs> shine? Like, Where is an instance where you might have your whole choice of kits to take with you but you go this is a shoot where the phone will just be the best option no doubt even if i could use anything that i have where where is the phone Hmm. really shine the best do you think
2: well i I, there's a couple uses for phones and i i I come from a video background so i'm used to to dealing with cameras but i'm trying to get my entire workflow to be 100 mobile i have the new ipad And I'm trying to get my entire editing workflow there. I I can edit everything on a phone. I I prefer to edit on an iPad over a phone. I have huge fingers, and I I like the real estate of the iPad. But I'm trying to get everything broken down to where I can do it with my iPhone and my iPad. Mm -hmm. And now with the new filing system that Apple has rolled out, I I think I can do that. Now, in terms of where a phone comes in handy, first thing is if you know how to make content with your phone, or specifically live streaming, let's just focus on live streaming because that's what we're talking about here. What if something happens to your computer? You're getting ready to go live, and you've got a glitch in your computer. Something's ha- it's a computer. Windows 10 rolls out an update, and you can't connect your camera.
0: <laughs> Six hours later, you're still sitting there. Right?
2: But if you already know how to live stream with your phone, no problem. You just set it up, and you go. You don't even worry about it. And that's part of the thing about you have to, you have to learn all of your tools. And I think it's a mistake to be dependent on any one tool. And that's where learning how to do this on a phone really comes in handy. A second thing that's really really comes in handy, if you're a vlogger or you're filming something outside, when you're outside with a camera and a big, you know, a DSLR with a big lens and a giant microphone on it, and you're walking around with a Joby grip, right? The giant gorilla (laughs) grip, people look at you, right? They look at you and like, well, what is this guy doing? Are you a YouTuber? But when you're outside and you have a phone everyone is on their phone. Everyone's taking selfies. Everyone's FaceTiming. Everyone's checking in somewhere. Everyone's making TikTok videos. Nobody even looks twice when you're using a phone, trying to make content. So a lot of people who are starting out, especially if they're vlogging or they're shooting outside, they're worried about what people are going to think of them.
1: Right. Right.
2: Make it with your phone. Nobody's going to think anything. (laughs) Nobody's going (laughs) to think anything. And secondly, or thirdly, actually, uh, Making content with your phone—they have some amazing video editing and photo editing. So, if you like to make YouTube thumbnails, Snapseed is great. Lightroom Mobile is great. Pixar is fantastic. Facetune is fantastic. Uh, video editing—you can sit in the back of an Uber and put your make your thumbnail. You can make your you can edit your YouTube video. So, being you know, creating content on the go. Speed. Getting Speed. it done, getting Speed. it up
0: there, being first to market with well, a trend yeah. topic, right?
2: Absolutely. And a lot of people say, I have a family, I have a job, I have mm-hmm. XYZ, I don't have a lot of time. Okay, well, you're in an Uber or you have some time in the bathroom, you have some time while you do XYZ. Grab right. your phone and make it happen.
0: A question from Steve Taylor D, mm. what are some of your top tips <clears> for organizing a YouTube channel?
2: For organizing it. Can you clarify that a little bit, Steve?
0: I'm thinking Not... maybe, maybe playlists, maybe how to oh, organizing the I videos. I could be, I could be wrong. Um, okay, well, if let's... Steve doesn't have a chance to get back, let's go with that. Like okay. playlists, or maybe what what goes okay. at the top of your channel, your videos okay. versus what you put further down the homepage.
2: You know, your, your okay. main page.
0: Yeah, but let's, let's try that. that. Okay. So, I can read minds
2: <laughs> now. I, but we'll, we'll just go with that. That's with the old Johnny Carson, right? You remember? Yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: Karnak. <yeah. laughs> hey, now.
2: I, I think when when organizing your YouTube playlists. channel. Yes, playlist. Yeah, thank you, Steve. Okay. Just think about making binge worthy content. Mm-hmm. You want to link together relevant videos. The whole idea of a playlist is to get someone to watch one video and to get them to watch another video and then watch another video. Let's say, for example, you wanted to learn how to run StreamYard, run the entire thing in your Android phone. And I did a deep dive, just a deep dive. And I cover every aspect from how to connect your microphone to how to bring in a get like every single aspect is set up. And I broke them down into individual videos. I would order those videos. I'd arrange those videos in, in an order that makes sense. And then I would try to drive people to that first video and they say, okay, well, I got through this one. Then I would hand them off to the next video and then hand them off to the next video. So think about it that way. Think strategically. What would be the logical next video that someone would want to watch? And then build your playlist out that way. Now, when you're titling your playlist, put a tit- t- handle them just like you would a video. Put your title together that someone could search for because they do show up when you're searching for something. Playlists will show up. So make your title something that people can find through search and you can add a description to your playlist. So handle your description exactly like you would in a video as well.
0: So then just like you wouldn't make your title one word like interview right. or
2: what? you a lot you of people make, make your
0: playlist, but people make their playlist like interviews, stream, right? Art.
2: Right. right, and that's and that's where they make the mistake. That's why those playlists generally. I mean, sometimes you know, sometimes lightning strikes and those playlists work, but generally those types of playlists don't get a lot of views. People right. don't. People can't find them unless they actually go to your channel page. But what you want is your playlists showing up when people are looking for things. Right. So if I right. if I were to title that, I might I might title the playlist. I would do some research to see how people are actually searching for you know how to how to use StreamYard. So it might be how to use StreamYard on an Android. And that might be with the title of the playlist. And then my description, again, I would put that title, the first sentence, and I would build out some additional sentences, adding some additional keywords and just kind of rephrasing that a little bit in a conversational way because people might search just a little bit differently. So that's how I would handle that.
0: Gord asked the question earlier. uh, Mm -hmm. I don't have it in front of me, but it was about, whether you've had any challenges in your niche either staying staying very focused on a on a tight niche is that if there have been any challenges i believe that's the question it was a good question but i don't have oh any, you know what yeah, yeah here I, it is here it is okay nim have you had any challenges to focus your niche on youtube i'm sure you can go in many directions
2: yeah i have a couple of challenges and if i were to start over today i would do things differently i've People ask all the time, can I make a YouTube channel about different topics? And the answer to that is, well, if you're, if you're trying to grow a channel, if your goal is to, be a, you know, to make money with YouTube and that sort of thing, I don't recommend it. And the reason is, is you're segmenting your audience. Mm-hmm. Let's say Gord, because I know Gord is all over Camtasia. Everyone knows Gord as the man for Camtasia. But what if Gord started putting out videos on how to rebuild an engine? Or, hey, I make the best pizza you've ever seen. And and i said, whoa, 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 Gord, we came here for the Camtasia videos. We don't care about you building an engine. We don't care about your Mm -hmm. pizza, even though Gord probably makes a mean pizza, right? (laughs) So what you're doing is you're segmenting your audience. What I did is I did a a channel based on uh, trying to target mobile content creators. So with that, I have Android users and I have iPhone users. Every time I make a video that's not cross platform, one of them, one of them don't get, they don't get served. Right. Right. So if it's an iPhone specific video, my Android viewers, they think, okay, well that's not why I came here. And then I segmented one more and I put YouTube into the mix. So now you have mobile creators and you have YouTubers. Not everyone who makes content on a phone is interested in YouTube. Some people are interested in just, uh, Maybe they're interested in LinkedIn. Maybe they're interested in Facebook. Maybe they're interested in just making content so they can keep it. They want to make the best content possible so they can have their family videos or something. So I segmented my audience three different ways, and it slowed my growth because of it.
0: Right, I, right.
2: I'd be a lot bigger in terms of uh, viewership and subscribers if I would have focused on one one of those audiences.
0: So let's say Gord doesn't do the pizza or building the engine, right? Good but pizza, he wants Gord. to go from like just doing camtasia videos, which he does more than that anyway, but he mm-hmm. let's say he wants to also do producing videos with a different uh editing uh tool or maybe uh, some other aspect of video creation you know shooting with a dslr or you know how to make mobile phone thumbnails or different other things that somebody using camtasia would need to know how to do as a successful video creator Mm -hmm. or youtuber is that taking somebody too far off the path or is that closely related enough to where you know what there's a place for that on a channel that's about
2: it's closely it's closely related enough to where it just might work and what i would recommend in that situation is make make some videos make Mm -hmm. four five six videos and see how your audience responds you might find that it's that your audience loves it you might find that you bring in a whole new group of people People that didn't even know you existed now are flooding to your channel because you've tapped into another audience. Or it might not work at all. So, you know, testing is really important when it comes to trying to figure out what's my next move. Should I make this type of content? Should Like right now, I'm trying to make that decision of do I want to introduce iPad videos to my channel?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm finding that more of my users, cause I, I run polls and a lot of people are getting iPads. So I'm thinking, okay, should I introduce iPad content to my channel? How to do all the, how to do all these things on an iPad? And I'll probably add it, but I'll probably, right? But it might not work. Right, so we'll right. see. Right.
0: You know, I started noticing, I guess, over a year, maybe longer, that certain types of videos are the only ones that perform really well on my channel for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. And, And it tends to be talking about StreamYard and other video, live video production tools. Yes, but but it's taken me about a year and a half to get to the point where I go, you know, maybe those should be the videos you do. And not every single live interview you do has to, you you know, not that I put everyone up there, but I feel guilty if I don't put most of them up there. And now I realize, like, you know what? The long form content may just not be what works for this channel. And unless I want to do another channel, which I don't have time for. Um, it's going to be either segments, short segments of videos that answer a question related to Streamyard or some other type of video production tool, or it's gotta be on what people want. Otherwise I'm just making videos for myself.
2: <laughs> well, you're, you're absolutely right. Most channels, the average channel on YouTube, most of their growth is coming from just a couple of videos. Just a handful of videos will drive the majority of the growth on, on a lot of channels. And as a creator, it's now you have to make that decision. Those videos that are bringing in views, that are bringing in subscribers, do I want to make more of those or not? Is that the direction that I want to uh, put my channel in? Do I want to? Do Don't I want to start that trajectory? And if the answer is yes, then make more videos like that.
0: Right. Right. Now,
2: this might not work if this, if they're really old videos. Anytime mm-hmm. I look at content strategy. I look at uh, videos within the past 90 days. What's right. driving views? What's driving subscribers within the past 90 days? And do I want to make more content like that? If you want to grow faster, if you're right, if you say, hey, I want to grow faster. I want to make more ad revenue. I want to drive more business to my whatever program you have or affiliate sales. Make more videos right. like those. Or you can just say, I want to make the videos that I want to make and then oh, yeah. grow slower. I <laughs> hope that something works.
0: Right, right. Steve yeah. Taylor says, thank you so much. The playlist advice was so helpful. So let's throw in mm. another playlist type question. Paul okay. Ash says he's a comedian in quarantine trying to grow his brand, does a talk show with other comedians, a character who interacts with my audience in a game show each week. I split them on different playlists on my channel, but is that too scattershot?
2: Hold on here. Let me reread that again. I'm a yeah. to...
0: A talk show with other comedians, a character who interacts with my audience and a game show each week. So it sounds like he's got three types of
2: content, perhaps. If you had those different types of content, I would arrange them in a playlist. So if you're doing interviews, for example, with other comedians, that would go into one playlist. You could also do things like you could build playlists, you know, the best of type of playlist. People love lists. You know, right, you could also right. repurpose some of that content. You could cherry pick some of the best interviews and some of the best things that they say and make videos on that, and build an entire playlist out on that as well. So yeah, I, I would group things based on the exact type of content that that uh, that it is. I want to one group here or one comment sure. from Michael Daniel says, um, "I've always taken the approach that when you come to my channel, you get me, no matter what I do, you get me." But I have a real job, so I'm not trying to build like the others. Yeah, there's no right or wrong when it comes to YouTube or anything on social media. So I, I want to put that out there. People yeah. can do whatever they want to do. But when you ask the question, how do I grow faster? How do I reach right, more right. people? How do I impact more people? How do I drive more sales? That's when you start to have to think a little bit more strategically. I'm not saying you're, you're doing it the right way. But if you said, I want to grow faster, then I would right. say, okay. Make a handful, you know, start start peppering in videos that your audience wants keep being you. Do what you want to do, but start to pepper in videos that you know that your audience is going to respond to the most. Just pepper those in there. And so that will start bringing in new people.
0: Right. And for some people, their YouTube channel may be more like a portfolio where they show off exactly. their skills for somebody who goes to their website and wants to learn more about. How they do what they do. Well, then their focus is, your focus is on converting potential clients, not on, exactly. you know, becoming YouTube famous. So there's a different, not that, you know, growing your channel has to be about becoming famous, but, you know, I treated my channel for, I don't know, three and a half years or so as basically a portfolio where I put my, my, Here's what it's like when Ross does an interview. Here's what it's mm-hmm. like when he hosts a show. Or right. and then I started to see certain content always seems to do well and certain doesn't. Right. You know what? This YouTube thing's kind of fun when you get comments and reactions and yes. stuff. Yes. Uh, you know what? I've got my per- portfolio playlists kind of thing. Now I can focus on making the content that that can do something. So I think even within a channel there's there's room to sort of start maybe you're starting off building your personal brand and you pivot to going to a growth strategy or you start off with a growth strategy and it doesn't happen for you right away so it doesn't mean that the channel doesn't still have value to that group of people who want to see what it is you do and how well you do it even if it doesn't attract thousands of views if it gets you business then it's probably doing its job in some
2: way <laughs> ross it all comes back to the channel goals that's why i have that in that form when somebody asks me a question you have to tell me your channel goals so i know how to answer your question correctly i know channels i've seen channels with a very very low subscriber count fairly low view count and they're, they're full-time
0: right you
2: don't have to have huge numbers to go full-time to make a business to build a career off of YouTube, a lot of people think, or, or any social media platform, a lot of people think, oh, I, I have to have these large numbers, but that's simply not the case. All large numbers uh, will do is it helps you impact more people faster than you normally would. But you can make a living, you can make, you can build a business and a personal brand uh, just w- with smaller numbers if you if you do it correctly.
0: Look at the way your brother looks at you. This He's just, just a amazing. goofball. He's this was my first show on Streamyard, and the Fuck. awe with which, the awe and admiration with
2: which he looks at you is fine. I mean, here's you're the, not just good at
0: YouTube. You are, are are somebody who has a presence. I mean, here's the on. trick.
2: Here's the trick, ladies and gentlemen. Find someone in life that looks at you the way Nick looks at me. <laughs> no, I, I, look, I'm I'm absolutely I I I'm thankful every single day of my life. Uh, it, that I have him as a brother, you know, we're best friends. We're brothers. We're incredibly close. Um, I, I couldn't ask for a better situation. You know, we're both on YouTube. Uh, he's, he's my younger brother, but he's definitely a, a mentor as well. in a lot of things. So lots of love there. Well, you guys do an awesome, I'm blessed, show. absolutely blessed to be able to do this with him.
0: You guys do an awesome show. Nimmin live 9. AM Saturday mornings. And there's a ton of questions in the chat that we, we weren't able to get to in the time that we have, so what you want to do is you want to head on over to D's channel because he's got videos that address a lot of these topics, but he also does his subscriber hangout, uh, his quarantine specials <laughs> Sunday yeah, night. Just tell, here,
2: right.
0: Tell everybody wh- where they how they can uh, get that form and be able to ask questions if they want to bring their questions over to your uh, okay. live streams on Sunday night.
2: Yeah, so usually when I'm... At home, I have a more structured live stream that happens every Sunday night at a set time. But now that I'm kind of stranded in an Airbnb with noisy neighbors who are having parties and blasting music, I'm kind of I'm a little bit uh, unstructured at the moment. But when you do see me go live, which is sometime Sunday night usually, in my, f- in my description, if you go down to the description, you might have to pass a couple of links. There will be a link to my form. You just click on that. It opens up a Google form. Anybody can make their own form. Uh, you can copy what I have if you want. It works really well for me. You can add things. You can take away things. And I would love to have you in the live stream. If you have mobile-specific questions, YouTube-specific questions, feel free to come and hang out and ask questions.
0: Dee, thank you so much. It's, it's awesome oh, having Ross, you on and getting all you. your knowledge. and Thank you um, so much. I enjoy your work so much, and it's, it's really an honor to have you on the show.
2: Oh, uh, thank you, man. You're, you're Thanks for bringing me on. <laughs> it's yeah. an honor for me to be here. Uh, yeah. Thank
0: you so much, Dave. It's, it's awesome. Hang out for a minute. I'm going to drop yeah. you down into the show and off from the show for a second. As we wrap up, I uh, just want to tell everybody that there are more shows to come on StreamYard. You can check out Sunday night. The Town Hall is a chance to ask the co-founders, Gage and Dan, any questions that you have about StreamYard. Find out the latest Uh, developments with StreamYard, Uh, they're really accessible, great guys. That's 9 p.m. Eastern Sunday nights, the StreamYard Town Hall. You can watch it on Facebook, on YouTube, on Periscope, and you can watch it as a LinkedIn event. If you've never been a part of a LinkedIn Live event, they'll be doing this as well as part of a LinkedIn Live event. You can comment, and LinkedIn comments, as we mentioned earlier, do show up on the screen now. It depends on your privacy setting, whether your avatar will show up and your name will show up. But it's uh, really cool to have that additional integration now with LinkedIn for StreamYard. And Thursdays, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, Dana Benz hosts StreamYard Spotlight. It's a new name. It's uh, rebranding the name, and it's a cool name. StreamYard Spotlight makes you want to tune in just for the name alone, Uh, but it's great content. She spotlights, easy for me to say, different users uh, from StreamYard who are doing cool things with the platform and keeps you up to date on what's going on with uh, different people who are using the platform. So check out Dana Thursdays, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, and that's in the StreamYard community group, and it's also on the StreamYard Facebook page and that is Dana Ben's Thursdays. So thank you so much, everybody, for being a part of this. Uh, thanks to our guest, Dean Nimmin. Again, find him on YouTube, youtube.com slash D Nimmin. And uh, Nimmin Live, Saturday mornings, 9 a.m. Eastern, NimminLive.com.